Look with me in a couple of openings. Then Romans 4. And then I believe we're going to 1 Chronicles 17. In Romans 4 and 18. The scripture said that against hope. Abraham believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak. Somebody say not weak. Not weak. Not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. We talked about this earlier. Faith is unmoved. By what it sees. Unaffected. By what it feels. That's not easy. That's not automatic. It's a decision. You got to make multiple times throughout the day. But you say I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. Hallelujah. And verse 20, he wasn't weak in faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Say that that last sentence out loud with me, please. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Again, strong in faith, giving glory to God. To God, to God, to God. This same word translated glory is also translated honor in the same King James New Testament. He was strong in faith, giving honor to God. Why is it that faith pleases God? There could, he, he could have said any number of other things. That without that it was impossible to please him. But he said faith. Without faith. It's impossible to please him. Why is it such a big thing? Well I believe there are numerous reasons. One. It's how. Spiritual things work. It's how. Energy. Becomes matter. (laughs) It's how creation occurs. It's how life is birthed. It's how things work. It's also how he is able to manifest what he desires for his people. If we live and walk by faith and receive by faith, it gives him access. You know, Romans talks about we access this grace by faith. All that he has given us and done for us Through faith, we will allow him to do it in our lives, and that pleases him. But another big reason I believe faith pleases him is that faith honors him. It honors him. When there are billions of people on this planet that he made, breathing the air that he gave them, won't even acknowledge him, won't say a prayer to him, show him no respect. But when somebody like you will look up from in this dark place from these billions and say, I trust you. (laughs) I'll believe what you said. In fact, I'll act on it. 
with no evidence in the natural to corroborate it, with no idea how this could possibly be true or happen, I'll say, yes, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'll do it. I believe, well, I know by the word, that spirit of faith rises up to the heavens. It honors God in front of the patriarchs and the angels that are there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the New Testament says that our faith is going to be praised by God himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's coming a time in front of everybody. God is going to honor you because you honored him. Amazing. Amazing. Words right now can't express it. We don't really know what that's going to be, but we're about to find out. You are going to be so glad. (laughs) You didn't let the naysayers and the mockers and the fault finders and the religious folks shame you away from faith in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a faith man. I'll be a faith man tomorrow. I'll be a faith man when I breathe my last and leave here. Are you a faith man or a faith woman? Are you? Let people say what they may. They just don't know how ignorant they're being because faith is precious and it honors God. To think that I, his child, his creation, could honor him is a high thing. When you really begin to touch the honor of God, it does something deep in you. I'm not a big crier, but every time I begin to really touch his honor, My heart gets tender. Tears come to my eyes. You know you're touching something. The ancient of days. You're touching something that can't die and can't fade. You're touching his eternal goodness as well as his light and power. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every man, every woman, that knows him in any real degree knows something about this. They've they've touched this. His honor, his greatness. God is integrity. He is truth. (laughs) You can't have honor without honesty. One of the most dishonorable things there is, is a lie, which is no coincidence that the devil is the father of lies. The most evil, dishonorable being there is. But God, you talk about fair, you talk about right, 
clean, pure. He is honor and glory. He is truth and righteousness. His ways are perfect. Perfect. Oh, somebody say perfect. 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 He dwells in light so pure and so bright it is unapproachable to mortals. We, we, light we haven't seen yet. Brother Hagin said he, the Lord let him see by the discerning of spirits the glory of the Lord or time or two. He said, have you ever seen the sun, midday sun, shining on fresh snow, glistening? It's brighter than that. <laughs> well, when Jesus was transformed on the mount, it said his clothes were whiter than any, we'd say today, any bleach could make them. It's a white we've never seen. It's a bright beyond any spectrum of light we can see. And it, and it depicts his brilliance, his purity, his power. And everything about it is honor and glory. Even though it was in the Old Testament, God's never changed. Different ones touched his glory. Moses, after being in contact with him and having interaction with him, he, he just saw light and smoke and fire. <laughs> and he heard the voice of the Almighty. And it was so awesome that when the people heard it, after the first time, they came and, and told Moses, please, 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 you go talk to him. Don't let him speak to us again like that or we'll die. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody likes to think, oh, you know, me and God, yeah, I, I can hang with God. And <laughs> if he had just turned up his power and glory and manifest just a little bit more, every one of us would have our nose pasted to the carpet going, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. We are his sons, but we're still in this mortal frame. And it just can't take much of that. Yet. 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 Soon and very soon, this mortal is going to put on immortality. Hallelujah. Woo. And we're going to be able to handle the full glory. I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm saying that. But we're going to be able to handle it. We're going to be able to be right in his presence. Right at the throne. Oh. And then when people see us, they're going to say, they're going to see that glory. They're going to say, look, there's one of the sons of God. One of the redeemed. Hallelujah. Forever affected by it. Just like Moses' face shined from being in the presence of God, but that faded away. But with us, it won't fade away. But Moses said, after being around it some, he wanted more. And he knew what he wanted to see. He knew he wasn't seeing it. He said, show me your glory. Why would he say that? He knows, I'm just seeing smoke and fire. I'm not seeing what's back there. 
So, and, and you know, having experienced what he experienced, he knew he's asking something that could be dangerous for his flesh. But he wants it anyway. Show me. Show me. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. The father said, you can't, boy, you can't. You can't. You can't. But I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to put you in a place where you'll be protected. And I'm going to cause my goodness. Hallelujah. To pass in front. Somebody say, his goodness, his goodness. Is, is his glory. When you're seeing the glory manifest, there's healing in that. Healing's good. There's deliverance in that. Deliverance is good. There's an illumination and enlightenment and revelation in that light. It's not just, yay, this is a, a nice bright light. Everything good is in that presence. And in that presence, you're changed. As we behold the glory of the Lord, we are changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From glory to glory. By the Spirit of the living God. But somebody, as a boy, reading the the scriptures that stood out to me, I know looking back now, while I read the word about some of these things, some of God's honor came out of the, the pages and by the Spirit of God got in me and changed me as a boy. Looking back now, I can see that happened. And it was when I read about David. David, though not born again, though not in the covenant we're in, he loved God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he wanted what God wanted. He was a man after God's own heart. And the Lord let of his glory and honor get in him. And he understood some things that most people on the planet didn't. To the extent that a lot of the people that were around him for any length of time, it got in them too. His mighty men. Remember reading about some of the exploits that they did? One occasion, he was standing there and across the enemy line was the well of water that he enjoyed so much. And he just kind of in passing said, man, I wish I had a drink out of that, that well. And uh, three of his mighty men broke through enemy lines, drew water and broke back through the enemy lines. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they said, uh, you know, they came up, of course, I, they're, they're dirty and bloody, and, but it wasn't their blood. And, uh, and they said, God protected those guys. And uh, they said, King David, are you thirsty, sir? He said, yeah, I could use a drink. They said, water from the well. He said, what? From the, and he looked at them and saw what they looked like. You brought me water from the well there? And here's what a lot of people cannot understand. 
He said, this is too holy. I can't drink this. I'm going to pour this out. Now, a lot of folk could lose it right here. They'd say, pour it out. He said, as an offering to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. Even today, a lot of Christians read something like that and they go, that just makes no sense. Why in the world you'd risk your life and then you get it back and he pours it out? It's because they have no concept of honor. They don't understand this. This is precious to God. This is who he is. This is what he is. David had learned enough about him that this got in him. And even people that spent time around him, it it affected them. They saw it. And when they saw it, they loved it. They might not have realized it, but the reason they love it is because it's God. It's something of him. And one of the uh, one of the things that really ministered to me, and I'm we're going to go there right now. First Chronicles, Hallelujah. What did I tell you? Seventeen is that right? When I read this a few years later in my life, I mean I wept, and. I was talking to Phyllis going home last night after the service. I said, you know, these things that we're talking about now, you can't learn them with your head and by taking notes. The Spirit of God does a work inside you. He gives you the capacity to even know what he's talking about. Right? And to discern it and understand it, and it's not mental it's heart and it's forever once you've got it it's part of you and who you are forever and it'll only grow near the end of David's life you know all the things he went through man he had some high highs and some low lows And uh, at this particular point, he is successful. He has overcome. He's wealthy. He's powerful. He's free. He's not running from anybody. And in 1 Chronicles 17, I just want us to take time. We may read this entire chapter. Are you okay with that? You are believing with me, right? For the Spirit of God to come off of these pages. With what these words hold. And do a deep work inside you and me. If we've got some of this, thank God. How many know there's a lot more you can get of this? So we'll just get more. Verse 1. It came to pass. No, yes sir, thank you for reminding me. We need to pray right now. Say it out loud. Father God. I desire your honor. And your glory. From your words right now, now, minister this to me, me. deep in my spirit, spirit. and strong in my heart. heart. I desire it. I I ask for it. it. In Jesus' name, name. show me your glory, glory. reveal to me your honor, honor. and work it in me. In me. In In Jesus' name. 
Amen. It came to pass as David sat in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remains under curtains. This honor for God is interwoven with love for God. You can't separate it from loving God. And if you read the 119th Psalm, it's the longest Psalm chapter in the Bible. And every verse is talking about love for God's Word. If you love Him, you love His Word. If you love his word, you love his things. And it'll come up in you. You'll want to give. Nobody has to twist your arm. You want to give beyond where you are. You, you, I mean, I remember a time when I came and fell across the bed. Phyllis and I were just a few years in the ministry and we were so tight and we were behind and we had done some dumb stuff and made some mistakes and we didn't have to give and great things were going on, projects of the Lord, ministries of the Lord, and we couldn't be any substantial part of it. And I came and fell across the bed by myself one, one day. Nobody was home except me and, and I just cried and I said, God, this is not right. I want to be a part. I want to sow. I want to give. I want to have ability to be a part of these things. And looking back now, it was important to him that that was in my heart before I had anything. Come on, are y'all with me? There's a lot of people just don't care. They don't care. Things come, things go. They don't care. As long as they got theirs, they don't care. Do you care? Do you have a desire? Do you have a hunger? Go ahead and voice it. Say, I want to give. I want to so big. I want to bless. The people of God. The kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's got to be a hunger in you. It goes with this. And see David. And when, you, when your heart's like this. The more God blesses you. You don't just get the big head. David. You talk about the man. He is the man. He's the king. You know democracy. What the king says goes. Anything he wants is there that afternoon. And he's there and he called the prophet. He said, look, I live in this palace. The ark's out there under a tent. It's been that way for all these years. I'm not okay with it. I shouldn't live in a finer place than the presence of God does. Can you see this? You see why David is who he is. <laughs> oh, miracles are happening in hearts right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Nathan told David, yes, do all that's in your heart. God's with you. He had been around the man long enough to know that God was with him and everything he set his hand to prospered. Everywhere he went, the scripture said God gave him victory. So Nathan actually made a mistake 
and didn't ask the Lord and just said, do it, boy. Yes, sir. I'm with you. You want to build a palace for God? Let's do it. Verse 3, it came to pass the same night the word of God came to Nathan saying, go tell David my servant. Thus says the Lord, you shall not build me a house to dwell in. So now, uh, as ministers, we need to watch about just agreeing with people. No matter how good intention they are, because us agreeing with them is not God agreeing with them. The Lord said, I've not dwelt in a house since the day I brought up Israel to this day. But I've gone from tent to tent, from one tabernacle to another. Wherever I've walked with all Israel, did I speak a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people? Did I say, why haven't you built me a house of cedars? He said, I've never said that. Keep going. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David. (laughs) I may take a little tear pause here once in a while. He said, You tell my servant David this. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I took you from the sheep coat. From following the sheep. Hallelujah. (laughs) Forty-five years ago, I was out on some hills in the early morning in Mississippi with mud on my shoes getting the cows in to get them to the milk barn. Tiny little herd of cows. Pitiful little barn. Tonight. The word of God's going all over the world through these cameras right now. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. How many except for the mercy of God, I'd be back there with that mud on my boots right now, an older man with nothing. You too. Right? He told David, he said, I took you. From the sheep coat. That's where the sheep stayed at night. He said, I took you from following the sheep that you should be ruler over my people, Israel. Did he? Yes. Where was he when God, when the prophet came to call on him? He wasn't even at the house. He, he was such a youth and such a kind of lad that daddy didn't even bring him in from the pasture. To be one of the ones that everybody just knew it wouldn't be him. Yeah. <laughs> right? We got Eliab. Got the big, tall, good-looking first boy. We got the other boys. Got plenty of good men to pick from here. David's long-haired guitar player. <laughs> does crazy stuff like attacking bears. <laughs> right? He just not king material. (laughs) But what did the Lord say? What did the Lord say? Man looks on the outward appearance, 
But God doesn't see like man sees. God sees the heart. And even as a young boy, he saw this in David, that he was open and agreeable to God's honor and glory. And already he loved him with all his heart and cared about his honor and his glory. And he knew where that would be 40 years from then. So he said, you go tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord of hosts. (laughs) We're talking about the Lord of the hosts of angels, but also the Lord of the hosts of heaven. The creator of the universe says, I took you from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, that you should be ruler over my people. Verse 8. I've been with you wherever you have walked. I've cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Put yourself in David's shoes when he hears this. What are you thinking? He's thinking of how close Saul almost got him, how the people almost got him, how many times he had to run, he had to get out of there last minute. He knows this is true. I've been with you wherever you are. Is God a respecter of persons? No. Does he love you too? Yes. If you're willing to commit to him like David did, will he do the same kind of things for you? Keep you wherever you go. How many could raise a hand and said, He has been with me. He has kept me. He has brought me through thing after thing after thing. That's why you're sitting here tonight. Why are you still alive? Why you've had the successes you've had? And he said, And I have made you a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth, all through the earth, among heathen, among idol worshipers, among unbelievers on the planet. Many of them know who David is to this day, millennia later. That's a long way from practicing with your slingshot, with the sheep. Verse 9, also I will ordain a place for my people Israel and will plant them. And they shall dwell in their place and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more as at the beginning. Oh, hallelujah. This verse, many people in the room should write down. Because the word of the Lord's coming to you right now in just a few seconds about this. Back. I don't know, what is it now, Phil, 20 years ago, almost, Phyllis and I had been with Brother Kenneth Hagen, Miss Aretha, and their ministry for 20 years. So privileged to be involved with that ministry. And it had been coming up for the last couple of years that we were, there were things we were supposed to develop in the ministry the Lord had called us to. And the Lord had told me, he said, uh, you're not to be only a helps minister your whole ministry. I didn't know what that meant, but I was happy to be. And uh, we were 
Where were we flying from? We, we got the privilege of flying, Brother Kenneth, in your Bravo. And Miss, Miss Gloria, you were in the back, and Billy Brim was in the back, and me and Phyllis. We were going somewhere with them, and we had, I don't know, that might have been our second or third ride in a plane like that. I mean, we were smiling like the cat that got the canary. We think, glory to God, riding in Copeland's plane. And uh, we had been, like I said, helping Hagen's probably 19 years or so at that time. And uh, Sister Billy shared this verse. First Chronicles 17, 9. And she said the Lord had spoke to her about ordaining a place for my people and giving them a place of their own and they wouldn't be moved anymore and the children of wickedness wouldn't waste them anymore as at the beginning. And the Lord quickened her about we're supposed to have a place of our own. And when she said it, it went off in me. It went off in Phyllis. And he said, I'm giving you a place of your own. Hallelujah. Now you got to remember at this point, we live there in Tulsa. We rent a little place for our offices, small. There is no Faith Life Branson Church. There is no Faith Life Sarasota Church. This is back before all that. And the Lord quickened to me in Luke 16. Don't turn there, but put it on the screen for us, please. Luke 16, 10. He, he quickened to me that this went with that verse. Luke 16, 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust in much. If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who shall commit to your trust the true riches? People have it backwards. They say, oh, money's not important. Cars and houses and clothes and stuff, all, all that's not important. It's the big things. It's, it's revelation. It's, it's anointing. It's souls. Well, yes, it is. But if you're not faithful with $5, the unrighteous things, you're not going to get a chance to handle true riches. You've got to pass tests with $20. And cars. Come on, are y'all with me? Yes. And clothes. And you got to pass tests with things that are not that big a deal to, sh- to demonstrate you'd be faithful with revelation, with anointing, with the oversight of a church, etc. People got it backwards. Verse 12. And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own. Well, God wants you to have that which is your own. A place that's your own. Hallelujah. That you're not forced to move. I told you the Spirit of God's speaking. Hallelujah. Write these two verses down. There's, there's a number of pastors, there's a number of heads of ministries. The Lord is telling you tonight, just like he told us in the back of their plane. I'm giving you a place of your own. And you'll not have to move. Hallelujah. And you'll be free from the harassment of the enemy concerning that as it has been in previous times. 
When I say a place of your own, I'm talking about a place of your own that's paid for. Paid for. It's yours and it's paid for. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is the plan of God. And the Lord spoke to Phyllis and I. He said, you have been helping with Brother Hagin's. That's not yours. Now this is something folks don't seem to realize. People say, well, I I just believe it it ought to be run the way the Lord says it should be run. Oh, that's great and good. Who gets to say what that is? (laughs) If God has appointed somebody over it, then there's a sense in which it's not yours to say how it should be run. You know, we, we got so many good people that help in these churches and this ministry, you could not do any of it without. But you know, a lot of people are shocked when they actually run into some leadership. Because <laughs> every place they've been before, they could do what they wanted, when they wanted, the way they wanted. Well, no. There's supposed to be leadership. And you say, no, we're going to do it this way. And if you think, well, I don't think that's how it ought to be done. Well, when you get yours, <laughs> you can see about doing it that way. But if you don't do theirs the way they want you to, you're not qualifying for yours. Because if you hadn't been faithful in that which is another man's, who's going to give you that which is your own? We grew up in the country. And man, we grew acres and acres of tomatoes, beans, and peas, and I don't know how many tomatoes we've cut up and put up and canned and jarred. Well, we got, eventually after several years, we were, had the privilege of helping the Hagen some personally. Wound up being at their house sometime, or in the car and hotel room. So uh, one night, uh, Phyllis is there in the kitchen, and Brother Hagen is there, and and uh, we got tomatoes, and Phyllis, I don't know how many tons of tomatoes Phyllis has cut up as a southern girl and can. And Brother Hagin said, no, no, no. Now, this is how you cut up a tomato. <laughs> well, guess what? Phyllis changed and cut up that tomato the way he instructed. Why? Because it's Brother Hagin's tomato. Now, you want to cut it up different? Well, you cut up your tomato at your house the way you want to cut up your tomato. But how should you cut up Brother Hagin's tomato? The way he wants it cut up. Now, I know this sounds humorous, but there are people all over the place who don't understand this. And they get mad and they get upset. I've been doing this for 20 years. You know, I know how to do this. Yeah, but you don't know how to do it their way. And in these situations, it's not yours to say how it's done. And if you're faithful in that which is another man's, the Lord will give you that which is your own. In the next five years, the Lord did it. We, we sold out when he directed us to go to Branson. It did take us 15 years to believe for the house we were in. 
And for the stuff, I had a little hangar, had a little airplane. I felt like, you know, man, I'm, we're getting pretty good here on this traveling thing. And the Lord dealt with us, get rid of all of it, liquidate it, put it into this. And you're thinking, man, it took us a while to build this up. And the Lord said, do you believe I can do better than this? We said, yes. Then he said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. He told us that. I'm going to give you the best of Branson. We got 72 acres right on the strip in the middle of Branson. We got a sign bigger than anybody's sign. We got a house better than what we left. We got a hangar better. We got everything better than what we left. He gave us our own. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But what's connected to it? Showing honor. Come on, are y'all with me? Showing honor to what he's done with others. Anybody he's joined you to. Handling their things. Their way. Can you say amen? amen? Staying with it till you get to that point. But an exciting thing. I think you heard it. I believe I should say it again. I believe the Lord's saying to numerous people in here tonight. I'm giving you your own. I'm giving you your own. Ho, ho. Hallelujah. I'm giving you your own place. Somebody tell me what that means. What does that mean, your own place? It's, it's yours or your ministry or your church. It's in your name. It's paid for. Hmm? Do you believe God can do that for you? It's happening. Hallelujah. Almost 30 years ago now, some friends of ours were ministering in the state down south and we had known them for years. So we came in after the service. Our first services we had, the back wall, the metal wall, adjoined a car wash. And so when they'd fire up the wands, the whole thing would vibrate <laughs> behind where I'm speaking. <laughs> That's where we were. How I many of you guys start where you are? Sure. Right? Yeah. And, but they had moved up to a little bit nicer place, a little bit. And uh, they had taken us by. On, on the way back, they, they drove to their house from the church, and they showed a, uh, there was a whole shopping center. It was new. I was only a couple of years old. And they said, did you know that thing is for sale? And that was all it was said. We came back to the house. We had sandwiches. Spirit of God dealt with me. I, 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 and I wouldn't have said this with just anybody. I said, yeah, I think we need to pray. Man, they slipped off their chairs. We got to praying. We prayed for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. It was 11 o'clock. I said, I think we need to go out to that shopping center. They, and reason you tell we could do it with these people, the, the guy said, I'll get the car. <laughs> <laughs> we went out there. 11, 11 o'clock, 1130. They're two little girls, young girls. Got, they, they're up instead of in bed. How many know things of God should be important to us? Yeah. So we're just out there praying. Spirit of God quickened me. I turned to him. I said, don't you know? The Lord has given this to you. He shouted. He jumped. He ran. She jumped. They, they could no more get that physically, materially, their little congregation 
would have fit in half of one of the end stores. <laughs> but he believed that. Yeah. He believed that. Well, we finished the meeting. He put us on the plane. We went home. And where his faith was, he tried to check on it. And like Phyllis was saying, no, 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 nobody'd sell it, much less loan him anything and all like that. And that's where his faith was. And, and uh, it just looked like, you know, maybe Brother Keith got excited and <laughs> this is not. And after months, the man who owned that, the Spirit of God just came on him. He didn't even know this guy. And he went to the, the main bank in the city and he said, I'm getting this to this preacher with you or without you. I'm doing this. And I mean, within a couple of months, they were in there and they, the tenants of the other places were paying for it. And eventually, they owned the whole thing. And they expanded into a big auditorium. Somebody say, glory to God, glory to God. A place of your own. And it stood out to me, the Lord said to him, don't you know, I've given this to you. I mean, that sounds like the promised land, right? He said, I've given it to you, possess it. There needs to be some laying hold right now in here tonight. And, and, and online, you just with your spirit, you don't have to know all the details, but with your spirit, you say, I lay hold, I lay hold. I believe I receive a place of my own. Place of our own. Pastors, you're saying this for your congregations. You're saying this for your, your church. A place of my own. For your family, for your church, for your business. Place of my own. God's will is that you have your own. Now, own means it's paid for, not yours and somebody else's. It's yours because then He can control it through you. He wants you to own it, be complete control of it. That way, He can control it through you. Right? Nobody can kick you out. You can preach what you want, when you want, long as you want, pray loud as you want, dance long as you want, because it's your place. It's your place. God gave it to you. Hallelujah. Well, I felt like we were supposed to take that side journey. Come back to the, to the chapter. Come back to the chapter. Ho, ho, ho. Ho. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Place of our own. Fully furnished. Fully equipped. Completely paid for. Oh, yeah. Completely. Yes. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle for anything less. Anything less. Don't settle for anything short of that. So 
<laughs> He's got his, he said. So tonight, as you think of it, you say, thank you, Lord, for our place. Thank you, Lord. Boy, just looking back now, I, when we were sitting in the back of that plane, and that word came, we thought, a play it. Glory to God, because we hadn't had that until then. It was everything was temporary, and everything was focused toward being an assist, and it was right. And now we've got all that up there in Branson. All of it's paid for. Word supply, it's all paid for. Hallelujah. All of this paid for. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We might have started off a bit rocky, but got us to the same place in the end. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. It is God's will for you to have a place of your own. Thank you, Lord. So the Lord told him that. Go back to that verse, please. He told him that. He said, I'm going to do this for my people because he knew David's king over Israel. And he knew that's his heart too. He wants these people to be taken care of. He said, I'm, I'm ordaining that. A place for my people Israel. I'll plant them. They'll dwell in their place. Somebody say, I will dwell in my place. I won't be moved by the children of wickedness. They won't waste me. <laughs> We're secure in what he's given us. Verse 10, and since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover, I will subdue all your enemies. We need to believe this word. Every weapon that is formed against us, it shall not prosper. Every tongue that would rise against us, it'll be condemned. Say it out loud, no weapon formed against me will prosper. It won't be successful. It won't hit its mark. It won't work. I'll subdue all your enemies. People make a big mistake by attacking us. They really do. If we're serving God and doing what he told us to do, they don't realize it. They're not just attacking us, they're attacking him. We're doing what he told us to do. I'll subdue all your enemies. And here, (laughs) here is what put David over. He said, furthermore, I tell you, and this is the prophets now talking to David, telling him what God told him. The Lord will build you a house. (laughs) You see these words up here? Those who what? Honor me. This is God forever. How did this start? David had it in his heart. He wants to build God a house. Nicest house that the ark's ever been in. You can see by what he did later. When he found out Solomon was going to build it. He stockpiled billions. Billions. He said this house is going to be exceeding magnificent. What does that mean? 
off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> this house ain't nobody ever built a house like this house. Gold walls, gold floors. That was in his heart. And you can hear the father talking to his son. And I'll add some other scripture that you don't see in this chapter with. He'll say, it's good that you got this in your heart, boy. Wow. Blesses me. You honor me. I'll let you get involved with it. I'm going to let your boy build it. I'm going to build you a house. I'm glad you want to build me a house. But I'm going to build you a house. Verse 11. It'll come to pass when your days be expired that you must go to be with your fathers. I'll raise up your seed after you which will be of your sons. I'll establish his kingdom. And he'll build me a house. I'll establish his throne forever. I'll be his father. He'll be my son. And when God starts talking about your kids, what does that do for you? Huh? Because you know you're not going to be here forever. All this started by David said, I want to build God a house. I want to build him. God said, that's good, but I'm going to build you something. I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him that was before you. Talking about Saul. See, that was in the back of David's mind. He didn't want that to happen. Verse 14. I'll settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. Do you know who else is the seed of David? We're talking about forever and ever and ever. Verse 15. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. And here's the thing that I was referring to earlier that as a boy when I read this, something happened to me. Something got inside me. It was David's response to this. God wants to give his precious things to so many. Many are called. But few have the understanding and heart to realize what he's trying to do for them. And how great it is. And how special it is. And how precious it is. And so many just Blow it off and just, they got no time. They got no time for church. They got no time for meetings. They got no time for prayer, for the word. They're just busy with stupid little stuff that's going to be gone in a few days and don't realize what God's trying to do. Trying to give you something eternal. And when Nathan the prophet, when he came and he said what the Lord told him to say, David the king came and sat down before the Lord. Hallelujah. There's meaning in every one of these things, isn't there? 
Hallelujah. He came and he sat down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a king. He could be sitting on his throne, but he's not. He came and he sat down. Hallelujah. I want you in your heart, I want you to sit down. When you sit down, you're taking a low, low place. There's no defiance. There's no arrogance. This is humility. The king is sitting on the ground before the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, Lord, who am I, O Lord God? What is my house that you've brought me to this place? And yet, getting me here was a small thing in your eyes, God. For now you have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. And you've regarded me according to the estate of a man of high degree. Lord, you know where I came from. You know me. You talk about me like I'm important. What can David speak more to you for the honor of your servant? For you know your servant. You you know me? O Lord, for your servant's sake, and according to your own heart, you've done all this greatness in making known all these great things. O Lord... There's none like you. Neither is there any God beside you. According to all that we've ever heard with our ears. What one nation in the earth is like your people Israel. Whom God went to redeem to be his own people. To make you a name of greatness and terribleness. By driving out nations from before your people. Whom you have redeemed out of Egypt. For your people Israel, did you make your own people forever and you, Lord, became their God. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house be established forever and do as you have said. Let it even be established that Your name may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel. And let the house of David, your servant, be established before you. For you, O my God, have told your servant that you will build me a house. And so your servant has found it in his heart to pray this before you. And now, Lord, you are God. 
And you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now therefore let it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may be before you forever. For you blessed, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your praises. So I worship you, O God. I praise you, my Father. I give glory to your holy name. Just lift up your hands. I worship you, O God. Hallelujah. Recount from your own life. Where has the Lord brought you from? What has he done for you? How has he used you and blessed you and helped you? Come on, lift up your voice. Oh, Father, I worship you. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.